Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Making Stuff Better podcast, where we aim to share knowledge and learning and spark curiosity in improving the health and care experienced by the people of Leeds. This is within the context of local care partnerships, which is the term used in Leeds to describe our model of joined up working to deliver local care for local people. Local care partnerships recognise that decisions made locally about people should involve the local community. Local care partnerships cover the whole of Leeds, one for every person, and build on the strengths and extensive history of collaboration in the city to realise some of the most exciting, person-centred transformations in health and care. Each local care partnership includes statutory organisations such as Leeds Community Health Care Trust, General Practice and the Leeds and York Partnership Foundation Trust. They also include representation from the third sector and community groups, elected members, alongside local people and tailored to the local need and the features of that particular community. But why should we do this? Well, it's the right thing to do. George Winder, a GP at Oakwood Lane Surgery, wants to make the easiest thing the right thing to do. This isn't always about creating new services. This is very much about identifying and working with the community assets that we find across the city, recognising that the population of each local care partnership is different and requires different ways to tackle health inequalities and the impact of the wider social determinants on the people in that place. This podcast will aim to hear from a diverse range of voices from across the city and we will explore why our guests are working in and with their communities. My name is Graham Hyde and I am the host of this podcast. In this episode, we welcome Liza Kellett, who is the Chief Executive Officer at Trust Leads. So uh, welcome, Liza, and uh, welcome to our little podcast. Um, and really, I'm, I'm really keen to hear all about you and your work with Trust Leads. So let's let's start there. Let's start at the beginning. So could you tell us about your journey to this point and and really tell us about Trust Leads? Thank you for having me. Um, I think it started really when I was in Leeds running um, well, setting up a charity called Emmaus Leeds, um, which is a, a, um, a global model that we were creating in Leeds. And it was about helping homeless people to help themselves yeah. by helping others. Um, okay. And um, that was in, gosh, it was like 25 years ago. And I was approached to apply for the role and it was kind of raise the money, make it happen, make it healthy, make it sustainable. Um, and it was a big, we got European funding and we did really well, the trustees and me, and then we got a small team. And we established this community where homeless people live and work. They live above the shop. It's in Lincoln Green. Yeah, um, yeah. And live above the shop and run a, a community enterprise. And it's really successful. It's 20 years on, I've just, I joined the board Um at this stage and then I've just done my term of office and that concept about walking alongside people and helping them to find the best in themselves um, by thinking about something outside their own remit especially people who've got huge and long-term and deep challenges um, really sort of inspired me and after that you know having helped you know raise three million pounds and helped set up this community um, 
I had a bit of a pause and then decided to do something very different, which was to run the Community Foundation in Wales. And that was great. It was a lovely kind of national job in a way, very small fish in a, in a or very big fish in a very small pond, to be honest. Um, and I absolutely love what community foundations do. Um, and, you know, we, we, did a, we did a really good job of growing the community foundation into a sort of pillar national institution, which was huge fun over 10 years. Um, and then when I decided to move back to Leeds, where my husband had been all this time. No, you uh, left him. You left oh, him in Leeds. He ended up coming to Wales a lot. But I travelled yeah. around a lot of the bit. Wales is a big patch when you've got to cover the whole thing. Yeah. So yeah. tended to meet in Aberystwyth or Wrexham or wherever. Um, so I decided that 10 years was a great reign and it was time to come, come home. Yeah. Um, and of course, re-establishing myself in Leeds and, and realising that Leeds is my home, even though I'd learned Welsh and I was I was really proud of being part of Wales. Actually, Leeds is where it is for me, and especially because it's where my husband is. Yes. Uh, so I, I bought myself a little bit of time to think about what I really wanted to do next. And I went back to that Emmaus model. Mm -hmm. I went back to I was headhunted for things. There were some really interesting jobs around, but I it just it wasn't doing it for me so I decided to go back to what is it that I've really loved that really inspires me that's really made me feel passionate and of course it was the Emmaus model yeah. um, and and then I remembered and and I'd had a developed a really good friendship with this woman in Wales who'd set up a very small charity called Purple Shoots and she'd used to work in um, sort of economic development and she was bringing or she brought to Wales this model where um, a double a double model where you bring the global model of self-reliant groups and then another element of microfinance. So it's based on uh, Muhammad Yunus's model. Um, he won the Nobel Peace Prize for the, as the founder of the Grameen Bank. And he was, in a way, the inspirer of the microfinance and also of the self-reliant group model. And I loved what she did. We funded her. Um, and because it was a programme that I, I ran, I got to know her quite well. And we'd meet up every couple of months and I was so interested in what she was doing. So that sort of um, that sort of uh, double inspiration of Emmaus and the self-reliant group movement with microfinance. So I thought, okay, let's see what we can what we yeah. can do with that. Yeah. Um, and when I began to explore more what um, Purple Shoots had been doing, it was the same thing. It's about walking alongside. It's about helping people to bring out the best in themselves. It's about being part of something. Um, and it's about not letting money get you get in the way. Okay. And those are really clear principles across both of those models. So um, I decided that, you know, I, as I wasn't working, I was having my princess year, as I called it. I got very bored very quickly. And I thought, okay, well, I'll, I'll explore it here. And then it got quite exciting. I was thinking, oh, I really, you know, I'd quite like to bring that Purple Shoots model to Leeds. Yeah. Uh, and also there's a, a charity in, in Scotland called Revolution that's really the granddaddy of, of um, the self-reliant group movement in the UK. So I got to know them as well. Um, and then it's like, OK, now I'm getting serious. I want to do a feasibility study. <laughs> so right. that's my comfort zone. So I did a feasibility study, spoke to 70 people in banking, in community development, in um, you know, economic development, in charities, all across Leeds, and just began to explore, is there a need? Is there an interest? Um, am I, would I be bringing something to the table? Um, what's missing? What are the gaps? And just really exploring whether um, 
this microfinance and self-reliant group model um, was needed in Leeds, was wanted in Leeds, and could add value to what Leeds already has. So six months on, I thought, yes, actually that does, there is a need. That was the conclusion of the feasibility study. And one of the signals really of, of how much this model was needed and, and how much support we were going to get was, um, first of all, my mother, who is not known for her generosity, I have to say, um, gave me a thousand pounds to put to open a bank account. Okay. Uh, and that was my siblings were completely gobsmacked. But that yeah. was a, you know, a, a real gesture. Family and friends, it always starts with them. And then a friend said, I really like what you're doing. I've made a lot of money out of out of banking and, and microfinance, not microfinance, finance. Um, I'd like to make you a donation. And then I was chatting to somebody very randomly who's connected to a, a, a large um, grant making foundation. And he said, come and have a chat. So I spent a couple of hours with him, did a little bit of a summary for him. He said, oh, that's an application. Um, and I thought I would, um, it was going to result in a grant, a seed corn grant. And literally a few weeks later, um, they had obviously had a process behind the seeds, which I wasn't really aware of. Um, they invested £30,000 in setting up Trust Leads. Oh, they wow. appreciated the model and that yeah. there was a need and that there was a gap and an energy around it. So that was just phenomenal and really unprecedented. I mean, I don't want anybody to think that that's normal. It's certainly not normal in my experience. No. It, it just in doing that feasibility stage, it showed that there was real interest in there. So, so just going back, so your mum, so you'd obviously sp spoken to your mum at length about this vision and passion for, for, for what you were about to launch into in Leeds. So was there a bit of added pressure that your mum, um, I don't know, stumped up some cash really you know that how did that make you feel that your mum was was giving you some of her money to 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 help you what what did that feel like did... it is pressure you're absolutely yeah. right because, I mean first of all I was doing this um on you know as a project for myself so I wasn't getting paid to, to do it um but also I've always worked in the charity sector obviously for Emmaus I've worked at West George Playhouse now Leeds Playhouse I've always worked in the charity sector and fundraising has always been a part of my job yeah. um, but it makes you really careful about other people's money yes. obviously you know we have a regulator the charity commission but um, you know there's a huge trust there um, whether it's your mother or whether it's a foundation they believe in your idea that they're giving their own money to you yeah. it's a yeah. massive pressure to really um, steward it well I'm so much tighter with the organisation's money than I am with my own and so much better at managing it, to be honest. But it's, it is a real pressure, um, especially if and you put yourself out there for the organisation. So, like I said, you start with your family and friends and you, you grow beyond that to organisations that are interested in funding, um, grant making foundations. And it was just really always, always it's about other people's money doing mm. things for other people. Yeah, indeed. And that is, that is a strong sense of responsibility and, of course, accountability, which yeah, is where, yeah. you know, having a really good board of trustees comes in. Yeah. And in fact, when I was doing the feasibility study, I was kind of thinking as it was going along, I was thinking, oh, this could well form a charity here. So I was already scoping out amongst those 67 people that I spoke to, potential trustees. So when we decided to go for it, um, we had a really strong base of trustees with excellent experience. Also, people who knew me a bit, most of them knew me a little bit. And that meant that they'd seen me at my best and at my worst. 
And when you're a pioneer, pioneer chief exec, you have to be careful that you've got people around you who are much brighter than than I am, and much more um, much more aware of governance and much more aware of of you know how passion can drive. This also has to be managed and has to be supported and nurtured, um, but w within the strict code of, of of best practice in charities. So it's really it was really important for me to get um, trustees who were strong and disagreed and pushed and pressurized and nobbled and they all do that in the most gentle generous of spirit way um, and i think that's part of the success of where we've got to so far yeah so we decided to go for it you know with that with that funding with that feasibility study um, and thank you also of course to leeds community foundation that great um sort of seed corn funder and, and supporter of all sorts of charitable work in our city um, that really helped us to get through that first year um, which was a lot of exploring and partnership building yeah. um, so that's that's sort of where we sort of spawns and how we how we established the the charity trust leads fantastic so it was so it was quite a so it's a it's very much a slow burn but you've actually taken all of your experience over the years developed various models and you're taking best practice from lots of different places to create this this new entity of trust leads in leads so you know that's that's fantastic and and i suppose the trust that your friends and family have have put into you that's something to celebrate as well isn't it um okay so so then what happened so you've 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 created your you know you've you've got your people around you you've 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 communicated your vision you're starting to get some some money behind you then what happened so you've you've dropped into conversation a little bit about this microfinance and self-reliant group so tell us a bit more about what they what they mean so as a as a charity, our objectives are quite broad. Um, but what we as trust leads are very very clear about is we're about addressing poverty, isolation, um, and financial exclusion. So those are the three key areas that we address, and we've chosen to do that in two ways. One is through the self reliant group model, and one is through microfinance. Self-reliant group model, um, as I mentioned, was founded um, by Muhammad Yunus in, in concept. Um, and these we became partners with the pioneering charity Revolution in, in Glasgow and Purple Shoots in Pontypridd. And Church Action on Poverty have a have a have a little cluster in Manchester as well. So I was really um, replicating their work and also supported by them in terms of experience and expertise. Um, and that's so, of course, once we've got the concept right, we had to get on and do it. Yes. Um, and by this stage, Leeds Community Foundation had given us, um, uh, awarded us a grant, which meant that I could actually be paid. I think I was doing um, a day a week or something or half a day a week, um, which just meant that, that um, it was legitimate in terms of me working for the organisation. And I could actually focus on that rather than getting some freelance and consultancy work. So that was yeah. that was really good. But of course, it's really about the people who were in the self-aligned groups. Yeah. So, um, and because I'd been away from Leeds for 10 years and I don't work at grassroots levels in, in communities, um, I realized pretty quickly that it was only going to be through the strength of relationships and the trust that people have in neighborhoods across the city 
in their own community anchor organisations that I was going to be able to um, spread the word really and encourage people to join groups. Um, and so LS14 Trust in Seacroft, which is a really great, awesome community embedded organisation, they really got they really got the concept. It's very similar to their asset-based community development approach. Yeah. And um, they were brilliant in encouraging me and saying, yes, I know that we know that there's people around. So they encourage some of the people who, who go to the cafe and who volunteer or who participate in their courses and events to meet with me. And I told them about the model um, and showed them a couple of videos of um, a group of women in Glasgow who had their own self-aligned group. And they agreed that they would like to form their own self-reliant group with our support. So that was the first one. They're, and they're still going. They've had a bit of a rough time in, um, in COVID. Uh, and they called themselves the Glitter Fairies. Uh, so they're a self-reliant group in Seacroft. Very mixed bunch, very mixed, um, mixed age group as well. In fact, at the beginning, um, one of the members had children who were preschool. So we had a grandmother and we had children in the group. So it was honorary members. Um, and they developed through this very kind of tried and tested structure of um, um, a programme of, of events and activities and questions and chatting and cackling and crying sometimes and laughing. Um, um, we nurture and facilitate um, groups to find their own purpose and their own ideas. Um, one of the, the fundamental principles of a self-reliant group, and these are the same, all over the world, you know, 20 million women and some men in the world are members of a self-reliant group. And they work and they're sustainable because of six basic principles. People commit to meeting every week. Yeah. They commit to saving. They share and they share their ambitions and their ideas and they support each other in those. They rotate roles. So um, like in any group dynamic, you have the chatty person, you have the, um, the quiet person doer you have you know all sorts of people and and within srgs um, the groups decide which roles they're going to have and and they rotate the roles so someone will be the piggy bank person or the treasurer they can decide what they want to call it um, managing the savings um, and the, and the earnings of the group um, but they'll only do that for a period maybe three to six months before they hand that over to somebody else to take responsibility or to learn how to keep their, their their financial records. So that's another really clear principle. And one so of the sort of you you're learning and yeah, so so not one person is just the treasurer or the piggy bank holder all the time. And I but I suppose does that get people out of their comfort zone? Because you know, for example, I'm not great with money, but you sort of get supported by the other people in the group to learn about money and savings and accounting, that sort of thing. Absolutely. It's about sharing and learning and teaching each other because right, that's self-reliance and those skills yeah. come from within, within the group and of course when I first meet a group and we're talking about I ask them um, ostensibly I'm asking them what are your skills yeah. um, I don't put it that way but I get you know arms akimbo oh, I can't do anything I'm really hopeless at this or I don't you know I don't know I've got no qualifications I can't really do anything so we unpick that a bit what are your hobbies what do you like doing what are you passionate about and then the group themselves will will realise how much they know, how much how much they have within them, um, 
you know, someone will say, oh, I can't do anything. And, and then the other member will say, but you made my birthday cake. You're really good at baking. It's like, well, yes. Or, you know, I, I'm not really very good at doing anything. Uh, oh, but you know how to, I know how to knit though. Oh, well, next week, why don't you teach us all to cast on? So okay. suddenly you've got this, you know, and if you're good at baking, can you bring the biscuits for the next meeting? Yes. And suddenly you've got this, you know, it's amazing how, how that happens very organically, just mm. by giving people a bit of space and a bit of an infrastructure and a bit of energy for them to find their own mojo themselves, but also in their group. Yeah. Self-reliance, of course, is the most important element of it. So, of course, you know, we're underpinning and bringing some energy and also bringing um, experience and allies and supporters, but it's their own energy. They go at their own pace, at their own speed, with their own ambitions for the group and for themselves. That's called the ambition tree exercise, by the way. Um, yeah. And they, um, they are self-reliant. They don't, importantly, self-reliant groups don't fundraise. Goodness, I fundraise for trust leads, that's for sure. But the groups themselves, it's not about fundraising. It's not about setting up, getting a constitution, applying for a small grant from the lottery, and then having to manage a grant. It's about what have we got? It's about beg, borrow, I was not going to say stealing, and juggling within yeah. the group, and also from with, within the trust leads family. Um, so they've got assets, they've got they've got skills, they've got ideas, they've got ambitions, they can teach each other things. Um, and slowly we support the group in developing their own ambitions in terms of personal goals and group goals. And there's always an enterprise element in, in a self-reliant group. And that can be very gentle or it can be, you know, almost like some, some self-reliant groups have set up businesses. Yeah. Um, uh, but for most people, especially in the UK, it's a sort of pre-employment. It's having having savings. I mean, most of us don't have any savings at all. Yeah. So in a group, the group saves 5p a week, 10p a week, a pound a week, whatever the group decides. And they have um, a capital asset. Um, and then they all decide um, what enterprise in the project they're going to do for their community projects or, or something enterprising. So quite a lot of groups do crafts, sell yeah. them at the local PTA um, fair um, or or do baking and cooking there's one group called the Leeds butterflies and they're they're a group of um, when I asked them you know what if all self-reliant groups have got something in common what's what have you got in common and I thought they were all going to say we're all Syrian we're all women we're all refugees and they said oh we all like baking Right, okay. uh, and that was their identifier and that so that was great and I managed to get a grant from um, the language hub at least city council's language hub to, to to do a food hygiene course and right. a program of food hygiene with them and with all other SRG members and they've started you know it's very small very fledgling but they've done three rounds of selling their biscuits and they've even got their own brand Middle East Treats Brilliant. So these women who um, have had to flee from Syria, their education is very, um, very mixed and very interrupted. Um, but through the weight of their own ideas and the scaffolding, this is the trust leads and indeed the SRG programme, they've got to the stage now where they have, you know, who thought we'd be doing a mood board? They did, we did a mood board together and then we gave that to a designer mate and this friend of ours um, from Worldstar for free said, oh, I'll design their logo. And we've got this beautiful logo. And then our friendly printer who does all my leaflets said, oh, I read the, I read their um, their label for the packaging of the biscuits and I wasn't going to charge you for it. Um, you know, you can have those for free. Um, I drove around Leeds for three days. <laughs> not, my, uh, not my most efficient use of time delivering their biscuits because none of them none of them have cars and they've right. 
that money into their funds. They can decide, they can buy themselves training, they can go um, and visit an exhibition, they can take on more qualifications. They've got capital, they've got money. People who ostensibly have nothing when they come to the UK, they've got their group, they've got their friendship, they've got their mini enterprise, they've got their savings and they've got the earnings that the group has, um, the capital within the group. And that's a really good example of the power of self-reliant groups. Fantastic. And what what sort of feedback do you get from the people that are in these self-reliant groups, you know, from from where they were at the start of their journey to to maybe where they are now? What what difference have you seen in those people or in those in the communities that they live and work? I, I see it a lot. And and um, but actually it's one of those kind of ironic things that um, sort of impact and difference. Um, I think one of the best things is when people feel like it's normal. Um, okay, you know, so sort of they're just getting they're, they're, they're making stuff better by stealth. Exactly. They don't yes. really know that they're doing it. Yeah, it's the okay. However, because we are um, again, Leeds Community Foundation were really helpful in in um, supporting us to set up a impact evaluation framework, which of course is really important for charities to prove their worth. Um, and we set up a protocol, and we've done. Um, a variety of different methods. We do a formal questionnaire using some of those standards Office of National Statistics survey questions and the loneliness campaign for loneliness questions and the yeah. Wembers questions. We have a sort of formal questionnaire and that's really great because that gives us data um, mm. as well as um, space for reflection. And yeah. we do um, a form, one of our trustees who is a, an experienced coach does um, an ORID um, reflective um, focus group right. which is really good I mean I couldn't do it because I I know what questions I want to ask but mm -hmm. uh, this is very free, free flow um, and so we gain lots of gold dust and stories there and then in the group structure because the group one of the roles that they rotate is taking notes so somebody is always cataloguing the progress when we look back and see, see the photographs from the meeting or see the you know at this point um, you know, people were thinking, well, maybe we could just do one little something. And then a year on, they're like, look what you've done. That's when you help people to realise how far they have come. So yeah. it's very important to, to try to measure that, but without being overly invasive. Uh, yeah. I think yeah. that's, that's really important. So we've got good data. We've got wonderful stories. We've got really good examples and people talking about their own journeys. Um, and again, in true kind of SRG style, in true Emmaus lead style, in true Purple Shoot style, in true self like group style. One of the things that was a real, I think, a, a lovely way of showing how self-reliant groups work. Over lockdown, I was getting a lot of, a lot of members talking about in their groups, but also to me about their mental health challenges. And that's always that's a consistent theme that runs through all self-reliant groups. There's a wonderful quote from someone in Glasgow when I was first exploring self-reliant groups. She said, well, who doesn't have self, you know, mental health support needs or mental health challenges? We all do. Yeah. And, and that's a really absolutely true across um, all self-reliant groups. Um, and because some people are going under the radar a bit, um, yeah. that commitment to weekly meetings is very hard if you're, digitally excluded so we bought tablets we lent people tablets okay. um we ran our, and again 100 digital leads were great they helped us to set that up and gave us a small grant to do that but still that you know people who have 
challenges anyway, plus COVID. So a couple of members of our groups were, were um, admitted to mental health hospitals um, during COVID down. So people going under, and how can we help each other? And I said, well, you, you, you know, because you know, the, you experience it yourselves, you've seen the power of the group to help each other out. So um, I, I gathered a group of SRG members together and we did a little exploration project about mental health. What challenges do we face, do our members face, um, do our group members face, do our friends face? Why, why does self-reliant group help? What, what's yeah. so helpful about being in a group? And then um, I encouraged them to think about what tips they would give to each other. Um, to you know if you're in a self-reliant group and someone disappears off the radar it's okay you know it's not being too pushy to turn up on their doorstep with a bunch of flowers or to give them a ring and just so that they can really support each other as you know the fact is they already know what they're doing in terms of mental health support but this project legitimized it gave voice to that and they produced a video um that culminates in the top 10 tips for self-reliant group members it's again it's, it's classic it's about sharing it's about learning together it's about supporting each other and that video has been shared with self-reliant group members right across the uk so there's a hundred self-reliant groups in the uk and they've all got this video as a resource to remember how important mental health is to appreciate how valuable being in a self-reliant group is to support your mental health to legitimize and to support them in thinking about ways they can help each other when they're struggling um, and it's a it's a it's a it was a wonderful project to do especially during lockdown and i think that sort of says it all about the spirit and the core values of being in a self-reliant group yeah and i think so what i'm what i'm getting and i hope hopefully other people can get this you're immense passion for this for this type of work and this podcast is really about how we work together across leads across organizations and you know across communities and something that you just said there the power of sharing and learning together seem to be you know a couple of really good underpinnings you know like whenever when anyone says why should we work in a collaborative partnership way well because we need to share stuff and we need to learn together you know are, are there any other sort of you know why why should we work together as a collaborative um across leads you know why do you think it it's why do you think it works why do you think leads is so good at at this coming together in this collaboration I think it is special. Having worked in other parts of the UK, I do think there is something in the water in Leeds which um, enables and, and values cooperation uh, and support and interest. Yeah. You know, um, interest. I think being curious and being interested, I think Leeds has a real, um, as a city, really strives to, do, to make things better, to do things differently, to try to make two and two make five. Yeah. And so there's a real kind of energy and an interest and that permeates all sectors yeah. um, I've seen it in in you know I work for radio um, BBC Radio Leeds I worked for a theatre I've worked in you know in a hospital all sorts of things um, and I think it really does pervade our city there's a real energy energy within the city and also a, um, a respect and a trust in in other people and in going the extra mile um, that's so partnership working. I mentioned LS14 Trust. Trust leads the self reliant group model because it's about helping people and working alongside people who some would consider to be hard to reach. 
people who are, you know, a lot of or most people lacking confidence to begin with. The those amazing institutions, you know, like Women Friendly Leeds, Hamara, um, LS14 Trust, the old fire station, Space Two, uh, New Workley Community Centre. You know, yeah. these are beacons. Um, yeah. Across the city. And they have really embraced the concepts of self-reliant groups because they see that um, it add bad, adds value to what they're doing. Um, it's not competing. I think because our model, because we're funded to do what we do, it's an offer that we can make to people. It's an offer yeah. that we can make to members. It's an offer that we can make to these amazing community in institutions and say, we can offer this. This is our offer. It can really add value to what you're doing. It can... I think one of the key things at the moment is about sustainability of support. So a lot of these organizations are doing six weeks of this and 10 weeks of that and six, you know, six months of this. But then that program finishes and they all see how bonding a group can be um, when they're going through these programs. And, and very, very often they can't afford, they don't have the resources or the program finishes, they can't continue with that. Yeah. And that's where I think we can really add value in Leeds because um, those people have built confidence together. They begin to trust each other. They've gone through something together. They've learned something together. So the offer of would you like to now consider becoming your own self-reliant group with trust leads there to support them doing that is um, I think that's a really good positioning for trust leads in this city. Yeah, I think I think you're right. The you know, I suppose. The, the scrabbling for funds it's all short short term funded stuff and yeah you could do some amazing work in 10 weeks but then if the funding ends what then happens but what you're trying what i'm hearing that, that you're trying to do is well the clues in the title isn't it the self-reliant group yes. they become they become the the income creator the the you know the commissioners of other services you know they hold the I suppose the purse strings and they control it but so in terms of that so do you work across the whole of Leeds or are you working in specific uh, communities and specific areas and also along that how do you how do you ensure that the the access to what you can provide in terms of support is fair across the city so health inequalities or health equity is a really a really important subject that I'm I'm particularly interested and passionate about. So how do you ensure that there's that fair and equitable access to you as a as a charity? Mm. Um, first of all, um, we with our Leeds Community Foundation funding, um, it meant that we could look at Leeds, Leeds Economic Region, um, yeah. Leeds City Region. So we're focusing in Leeds. And then, thanks to the community-led local development um, programme, which is a European funding programme, we were able to focus our work in East Leeds, which has um, particular needs um, and um, challenges in terms of multiple deprivation. Yeah. As a charity, um, our purpose is to work with people farthest away from services, farthest, you know, people who are facing the the harshest realities of poverty, in work poverty even, um, yeah. and health and mental health challenges. So we target our work in those communities, um, and and because of our funding, very pragmatically, we're we're focusing on East Leeds, um, but we're able to support groups from anywhere in Leeds thanks to our supporters. Um, 
the challenge is to actually um, because it, a, a self-reliant group is an offer um, and it requires people to be in the space where they want something more. They don't have to know what it is. But they're, they're up for being part of something. You know, it can be a huge commitment to get out of bed once a week to go to a meet, an SRG meeting. Yeah. So it's not for everybody. Um, and there are some amazing community groups and community projects um, which support people in different ways. So that it's it's um, it's for people who are up for something else. Um, and so that that's that sort of reduces in a way the cohort because it's a commitment. Yeah. You, you have to turn up every week. You have to look out for each other. You want to, you know, you have to have a little spark of something. You might most SRG members when they start, they don't, they don't, they, they would say they wouldn't have any ambitions. But over the over the course of those first few months, we nurture that coming out, and then and then they're rocking. And you know, we tend to be, um, I tend to facilitate meetings every week in the first couple of months, and then very quickly um, members begin to take on their own. Um, groups take on their own um, leadership stroke facilitation and then I sort of back off and I might go once a month to keep them up speed and then you know and then they just I just keep them on the radar they, they call me when they're having a, tr a problem or when they're getting a bit stale or they need a new idea and one of the really cool things about where we are now we've started 13 groups is that the group's beginning to contact each other. Okay. So um, we took a, a weekend's um, residential to Northern College, that amazing institution, and it was members from six different groups, and they wow. got to know each other. Um, we do a peer network gathering once a year. Okay, it was online last year, but all they begin to realise they've got their own group in their own neighbourhood or their own community of interest. Yeah. And then, oh, but then the, you know, the Glitter Fairies, taught the Hawksworth Busy Bees how to do um, glitter tattoos. Fantastic. Um, the, it's just really cool. And, and the Leeds Butterflies want to learn, want to have, um, do henna. And um, Iran from the Grow Together Girls in Gipton, she's a fantastic henna artist. So she's promised that, you know, when lockdown finishes, she'll go along and she'll do and show them how to do henna tattoos. So they realise that they're, they've got their, they've come out of their shell, they've come out of their own home, a lot of people, bit shut in at the moment into their local community where they know and trust and form their own group or their community of interest they've got their own people and their own crew around them and yeah. then they realize that they're part of um, a leads network of self-reliant groups and they get inspire each other and, and borrow things from each other and beg borrow and steal ideas from each other yeah. and then what's really enchanting is we have um, a UK partnership of these four pioneer charities in the UK and so we've been able to send a couple of our members up to the peer network gathering in Glasgow. And they come back, you know, and they've been going for 15 years. They've got that, like, wow, they do this there and some sharing ideas. And because of online, we did a virtual village show. Thanks to our friends in Wales, they set right. up a virtual village show over three weeks. And so all members in Leeds could, you know, could submit pictures of their cherry tomatoes or whatever, or okay. their knitting. So it's about being part of that UK family. And ultimately, my ambition for is to take a, um, a jumbo jet from Leeds Bradford Airport over to India or the Gambia or somewhere where SRGs, self-reliant groups, are really established in the um, in more the developing nations and take Leeds SRG members to visit and to see how impressive the network and the purpose and the um, the movement of self-reliant groups is 
in countries where it's been going for 20, 30 years. So that's why, that's why, so you, it's, a, it's a small local, it's personal, it's a small local group, it's a Leeds network, it's a UK partnership, and it's a global movement. And people, watching people realise that they're part of this global movement, 20 million women and a few men, yeah. uh, it's, it's uh, being part of something is so much um, core of what a self-aligned group and having that purpose of the group um, yeah. transcends all sorts of challenges for people. Fabulous. What a fabulous, what a fabulous and simple idea. And, you know, the best ideas are often the, the simplest, aren't they? And yeah, so, you know, right from person to, to community, to Leeds, to West Yorkshire, to the UK, to the world, you know, what a what an amazing sort of structure and, and yeah, vision and network uh, has been developed that, that that you've introduced these people to. I mean, that's just, that's fantastic, isn't it? In, in Leeds, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously we're replicating really successful, awesome charities in, in, in Wales and, and Scotland. Um, and, you know, it's so cool. I mean, I had a, a wonderful work students, placement student last summer, and we decided we were going to demonstrate how self-reliant groups in Leeds meet the agenda and the objectives of the Leeds Inclusive Growth Strategy and right. also the UN Sustainable Development Goals. And this amazing 20-year-old, she just produced this wonderful um, PowerPoint. And this tiny little charity with one full-time member of staff now, you know, working part-time till last year on, you know, on peanuts basically and um, with the now support of lots of institutions and lots of people and lots of groups and lots of members can prove that we're you know through what we're doing and through what the members are doing they're delivering the UN Sustainable Development Goals I and mean, how cool is that? Yeah, that uh, is massively cool yeah. yeah that is hats off hats off that is amazing fabulous okay I think I think I'm going to end the podcast now and I like to ask all of our guests for a big question. So I feel that I'm I feel like I'm ready for your big question now. So so hit us with it. What's your big question? I think it's about the fundamentals. I mean, A, can you help me make Leeds a self-reliant group city? Great. Okay. Um, and but but B, that the thing that I think underpins what we all do. Um, everybody who's been on this podcast, everybody who listens to this podcast, everybody who works in health and well-being or the charity sector, we all realise how important that um, indeterminate um, quality of um, generosity of spirit is. That's what fills the gaps. Even in Leeds, there are gaps. That's what helps fill the gaps. That's what builds those crucial connections and those partnerships which um create this village um that that nurtures our communities and ourselves um so how do we maintain our generosity of spirit when we're feeling beleaguered we are beleaguered you know we're in a what's a very long tail end of a global pandemic um people are lonely they're overworked they're undervalued um money is really tight um you know whatever the bank of england says you know for the people that we work with we're absolutely going to be in a recession yeah so how can we maintain our generous spirit and keep those pockets of joy keep that keep that nurturing of each other at individual and neighborhood and organization level so that we can we can so generous spirit can kind of take us through 
Fantastic. That is a great question. Thank you very much. And we'll we'll end things there. I think I could talk to you probably all day. Um, your your enthusiasm and your passion for what you do really comes across. So thank you very much for for taking some time to talk to us. It's been fascinating and enlightening and and thank you very much. So we shall end things there. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. You have already found it, but please do like, subscribe and share. The podcast is available on a range of platforms, including Spotify, Apple Music and Google Podcasts. You might like to take a look at some of the stuff that local care partnerships are already involved with on the webpage www.inspiringchangeleads.org forward slash local hyphen care hyphen partnerships. Thank you.